welcome back to the Pinstripe Podcast. Scotty, I don't know why it feels like it's been forever since I've seen you. I have to agree with that, yeah. Like, feel like a long time. We did record together last week, right? Well, I, this day last week. <laughs> Just seven days ago. Yeah. Weird. Uh, but honestly, it might be because, you know, I think I figured it out. It's because we haven't had a lot of baseball to, to talk about between episodes. Yeah, I haven't been distracted much. Yeah, so obviously... We're coming off of All-Star Week, so not a whole lot to chat about. Really, the only Yankee things are, like, big-picture Yankee things, really, right? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. I mean, there's no um, game to talk about. <laughs> I think I think the best way to start this all off is that the New York Yankees released Dylan Lawson as hitting coach. Brian Cashman, this is um from Brian Hoke, obviously. Brian Cashman has never fired a coach in season. He once told Hoke that he doesn't believe in doing so and that you need to evaluate each season in full, but clearly he'd seen enough. You know, um, the goal was to find someone outside of the organization. Which, Scotty, which do you think was the breaking point? Losing... 14 to 1 to the Orioles or getting shut out by Jamison Tyone? Probably Tyone. So uh, Cashman apparently asked Hal, Ste- Hal Steinbrenner for permission to get rid of Lawson on Saturday. But why? I mean, listen, I'm glad that it's changed and we'll talk about the change in a second. Why do you think it took this long? Maybe be distracted by, you know, the the short ups that we have. You know, of course, there's Judge that you could be distracted by. But, like, you know, we've had seasons constantly where we haven't had terrible offense. I mean, like, and by terrible offense, I mean, you've had distractions of our bad offense. Like, you've had Rizzo, you know, hitting 32. You have Stanton normally hitting pretty well. And then I think this year, it's probably just going against what he thinks. He probably had to go like think about what he wants to do and what he thinks he needs to do. You know, as you said, doesn't fire coaches in season, but he was like, I don't do it. I don't really want to do it. I don't know what happened if I do or whatever. And then he's just kind of probably conflicting with himself, um, you know, before resulting in, in, in the decision. I think what's frustrating to me is that it took him this long to realize that the Yankees offense struggles without Aaron judge. I I think the part that frustrates me about that is that you can see that the offense struggles, even when Aaron judge is there, Aaron judge just pulls significant weight and is helpful. But the fact that everybody has to lean on this one guy, not great. Um, so the Yankees ended up hiring Sean Casey, who's a, Former Major League Baseball first baseman. He played with Aaron Boone at one point. Scotty, what are your thoughts of hiring somebody without coaching experience, again, to join our coaching team? It's going to be interesting. I think, honestly, you could just choose Austin Wells to be your hitting coach, what it's looked like. Um, so, I mean, I, I won't say anything until we see a change. Um, but at the same time, shouldn't be too difficult to get a change. And, um, 
I think there's a level of trust there and a level of, you know, maybe it won't be a coaching approach that you'll get out of him. You'll get more of just a help approach. Um, but Did I don't know. See any part of his press conference? I did not. I I just got like the snippets of it because unfortunately they keep doing these fucking things, you know, in, in the middle of the day when yeah. like some folks have jobs. Um, but it, it was also like wildly informal. Like he was on Zoom, but um, he has already had conversations with a lot of like big names in the lineup: Rizzo, Judge, Volpe, Donaldson. For some fucking reason, um, Stanton. And he said that he's just felt a lot of tension within the the team, um, which is understandable coming off of the horrendous offensive performance that we have recently been putting on. Um, and I think the one thing that I liked, well, I, I, I liked a decent amount of what I heard. Like, I'm not going into this negatively. I just have a slight reservation of him having no experience. But... I think a part that I did like was that he really wants to do, I think kind of the way that we talk about baseball, Scotty, in that he wants to recognize how analytics and stats can help you, but he also heavily values natural baseball sense. Yeah. Which we talk about all the time. You can't lean completely on analytics, but you also can't completely ignore analytics. So hopefully that 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 can work out in like a refreshing way that we keep on hoping is how is like the direction baseball can go to. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's something that that has happened. I think a lot of people are slowly starting to realize, you know, especially when you talk about, you know, you have the Rays who are doing so well looking at analytics, but also blew a world series because of analytics, but also are not doing super well because they were relying on analytics, but didn't know how to build a team for when people got hurt. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a fine line that I think people are slowly starting to notice that, yeah, it's important to do analytics. And I think a lot of, I thought I should say a lot of coaches are realizing it, um, that it's important to, to focus on analytics, but there, there also is just that true sense of the sport. Um, and I think it's it's really funny because sometimes you don't see that on people on social media and stuff. They're like numbers, 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 and you're just like, oh, I bet that guy doesn't like actually isn't as good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the one thing that we do have to recognize uh, before we move into some other things is that the Yankees did enter the All Star game on a loss, um, and like not a good one either. The bullpen kind of blew up a little bit, which. I, I guess you could kind of say they they earned a blow up at some point. Like they they hadn't really had any issues leading up to this, but right now the American League feels very open. Um, and it is going to be very, very interesting to see Cashman's trade deadline acquisitions. I do have to say Sometimes he does surprise me. Like he does his off season work questionable at best. Um, but he does do some good work at trade deadline acquisitions. Like other than Montas and everybody falling apart, he does make an effort to create a team that can compete. But I would like him to do a little bit more medical research that going into this year's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but I I just wanted to note that we we went into it on a loss and a bad loss and and one that it was Domingo Herman's first start after his perfect game and he was cruising again and for some fucking reason because I'm pretty sure as we were talking about baseball sense Aaron Boone has none of it he took Herman out in the sixth because he quote wanted him to end on a high note motherfucker what that is that is the worst sense. I've heard. <laughs> also, it's it's not like and on a high note, bro. Like he went twenty seven straight on a high note. Where yeah, you're gonna take him out in the sixth? sixth inning? If it's like, give him one more inning, even or give him to the like. Do do, do what most people do. Go and if they walk somebody or they give up a hit, like in the seventh inning, then you do something. Oh wait, there's no sorry. reason. Sorry, go ahead. We're missing a huge Yankee thing. Carlos Rodon. Oh yeah. Sorry. Continue talking about Domingo Herman. Um, but... but no, yeah, it's the thing of like you know, you see it all the time now. Like you see it all the time now, but it exists generally because it's a true thing that happens. Is you wait for them to kind of hit a, not a low point, but just a little bit of fault in their in yeah. their start, and Two so normally that's a walk lately. Yeah. Not. It just, just every time Boone opens his mouth, I'm like, I don't understand how you played this game professionally. Sometimes <laughs> he was the one getting coached. Um, but like I just rudely interrupted Scotty about. So sorry, Carlos Rodon finally made his return to the Yankees and pitched great. But guess yeah. who didn't show up? The offense. Yeah, yeah. No, there was absolutely nothing. I mean, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't flawless, but it's exactly what you want. One home run to Cody Bellinger. Yeah, it, it, he did what you what you know kind of people were expecting him to do, or what what anybody would expect somebody to do with their first start. I'm pretty okay. sure we lost. It was, it was good. Lost, what two two one three one? I think it was like three one. Yeah. Really hard to win a game with one run offense. Really fucking hard. Um. But it's very, very, very exciting to see him in pinstripes. Really cool that his first start as a Yankee is at home. Really wish that it would have been a home win. But, I mean, it was also right after the Luis Severino blow up. So, I think people were excited. Everybody to see was him. at a low point. <laughs> people were excited to see literally anybody else. But it was also on Severino bobblehead night. Tough. That's funny. Tough, tough, tough. That's funny. Um... The next big picture Yankee thing that's kind of more like Yankee lore, I think is the word I'm going to use. I don't know how to put it. Rules. The New York Yankees now have an advertisement patch on their sleeves. Star Insurance is now a signature partner of the Yankees, signed through 2031, and it was just announced. Scotty, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm a mix. Because, um, like, I get the whole thing of people being upset about it. You know, it is us changing our uniforms. We have this classic uniforms and we're selling out. And I think it's kind of stupid that teams will sell out their uniforms. But also, it's a, it's a patch on the arm. It is a very small thing. 
that barely anybody will see, barely anybody will notice. It's just there. And so I kind of think it's stupid to overwork people about or people like to overthink and overwork it. But why do you feel like it's necessary? I just think that, that that's a personal thing of like, that's kind of low that you have to sell out your jersey. But it's not even that's not even like just a Yankee thing. That's just a general team thing. Um, I'm also a little back and forth about it because one, it's, it's the Yankees doing something that the rest of major league baseball is doing, which they never fucking do. So it's like, Oh, maybe they're being a little progressive, but they're also very wishy-washy in that they still have the facial hair rule and the clean cut rule. And they took themselves off of the list of getting city connect jerseys. And it's like, oh, so you'll do this thing that will make you money, but things that, you know, allow players to just kind of express themselves slash, I think the the part of the hair and grooming policy that bothers me the most was last year when we had Miguel Castro, the relief pitcher who's now a Met. Yes. Um, had to- He's actually a Diamondback now. Diamondback now? Had yeah. to cut his hair out of a like protect, protective style- <laughs> for like natural hair um, because it didn't quote fit with the Yankees grooming policy just has like slight um, racial undertones to it, not to get real political here. Um, So if you're gonna be so like, Oh, we have to be so clean cut, whatever like that, which is racist. um, You can't then turn around and say that, Oh, but the one thing that we can change, because, right, that rule stays because it's, quote, always been that way, and that's just the way that the Yankees are. The uniform was always a part of that, right? That's why we don't have names on the back. That's why we have 7,000 people's numbers retired. But now, since we're going to make money off of the patch, then we can change the uniform. And we can't do City Connects to have fun in baseball because the Yankees are the Yankees. But we can make money off of our uniforms is is the part that ethically I kind of scratch my head at. Yeah. Um I think I think people that are saying disgusting are a little dramatic because I don't think they're thinking about it in that same sense. Not to say that I'm like oh so much smarter than everybody else, but also I don't know how many people and I'm genuinely saying i don't know how many people are thinking about the time that the standard practices that the yankees enacted were made um and the undertones to them but i think most of the people just are saying it just because they're like oh they're changing from the basic jerseys because they want to yell at cashman and steinbrenner for being a sellout (laughs) which is fair and they're like george would never do this but also I don't know about that one. Because yeah. why would George like George liked to win, but he also liked to make money. And it's very easy to make money when you're winning. But if George was owning a team that was losing, he's still gonna want to make money. Um yeah. it'll be it'll be relevant until the third game. Oh it'll yeah. Our first away oh, do we start after the All-Star game break home or away? I could not tell you. Because if we start away, it'll be relevant the first game and then the first game back at Yankee Stadium. 
because they'll be like, oh, it's the first time we're seeing it on the pinstripes. We're um, away. You we're away. Okay, so it'll be relevant twice. It'll be relevant the first game after the All-Star break, and it'll be relevant the first day we're back at Yankee Stadium, and that is it. Nobody's going to yeah. fucking bring it up after that. Because that's like that's what I was talking about. It's just so small, and it's so minor. Yeah, at least we're not getting like, like football kits or like race cars. Level yeah, we're not. We're not. It's not going anywhere. It's a. It's a small thing, which, and it's also black and white. It like goes with our colors. It's yeah, it's not, not like it's like the out. T-Mobile logo that's pink. Yeah, it doesn't overly stand out, and it's on their. Sh- it's on their shoulder. You're never gonna see it. You're never gonna notice it. Yeah. Um. Do you want to talk about the draft? Yeah, so, you know, all-star break happened, as we were speaking about, and the thing that starts that is the MLB draft. Um, Skeens goes first. Skeens has a chance of probably being an absolute immaculate person of going and playing the same year that he gets drafted. Um, But the Yankees had, of course, a handful of drafts, uh, draft picks, I should say, Um, and none were really over. Uh, overly like you know important I feel. Um, we started with uh George Lombard Jr. His Guess dad what? played another fucking shortstop. Yeah, yeah, but you can't always take that because this guy's from high school, and in their eyes, you know, you draft a sh- most people drafted are either shortstops or outfielders because you can shape them to whoever you want them. Fernando Tatis Jr. the most defensive run saved right now in his first year as a yeah. Yeah, I mean, so you never know where these people are going, and that is a high school um, pick out of Florida. So the kid was born. Lex, want to want to give want to guess a year? He's in high school now. I'm gonna go with 2006. 2005. That was my first guess, and then I was like, I don't know how old. 2000. That's crazy. Anthony yeah. Volpe actually did ask for his phone number to send him a text once he was uh, drafted, which was very sweet of our yeah, that is very nice. prince. Um, but yeah, so that was our first one, our first pick, twenty sixth overall. He was ranked thirty first, so I guess technically we picked him a little early. But uh, I think yeah. I think MLB like analyst gave the Yankees like a B or a B plus for the pick. Yeah. Um, we'll see him in fifteen years. Yeah. So yeah, that was the twenty sixth pick overall. Um, we then didn't get another pick till the third round. 97 overall, we picked up Kyle Carr um, as a Juco uh, player. He was a pitcher. Relatively small, 6'1", uh, mm-hmm. lefty. Um, again, I mean, most of these guys we're not going to see. The biggest name that I saw uh, was our fourth-round pick, Rock Riggio from Oklahoma State. Um, only reason people would know was based on what he did in the College World Series last year. He had a hell of a time. Um, and... and um, but yeah, another most of our picks beyond that, um, Mississippi State, Arizona, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, ECU, like just kind of all around, um, a mix of everything. Four year high school, like you know, we really uh, we did pick up though, uh, as a high school senior. So again, not overly uh essential, but uh, in round thirteen, pick four hundred two, um, Josh Tiedemann. I think that's how you say it. Um, he's from Arizona. He's a two-way. So we got one two-way. Oh, You saw a lot of those. Um, so that's not something to be 
too shocked of, but just a just a thing to be able to be like, hey, we got one. Um, I want to see how many two way players were picked. We've got our own. um one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That is not right. Oh yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, eight total two way players were selected. With them, one, two, three, four, five of them being from college, which is impressive because you'll see it a lot more the opposite way of like, oh, high school, you know, yeah, you just pitch because you have arm strength. Get on the team so they just have them doing everything. Yeah, um, the earliest pick was round uh, was pick sixteen, uh, the Giants' first pick from James Madison High School, Bryce Eldridge, listed as a two way at six seven two twenty three. Holy moly. <laughs> so I just went away from the mic to go, oh shit. <laughs> Didn't realize that. Uh, That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, Didn't the Angels draft one of their relievers, twin brothers or something, or younger brothers? I also know the third nail. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, dang it, I always get this right. I always get this wrong. I'm going to get it up right now. Um, so I just always blank on his name. So um, the Angels, of course, picked up last year, uh, Mr. 105 mile an hour. Um, again, trying to get the name here because I always get it wrong. Uh, ben Joyce. I always think it's like Bryce. Um, but they picked up Ben Joyce last year. Ben Joyce made his major league appearance this year. They then just picked up his brother, Zach Joyce, this year. Zach, I think, is a twin brother, if I'm right. Um, twin brother who went to community college and then had Tommy John and then was at Tennessee this past year. Played in the Cape this year. I was actually able to – I didn't get to see him pitch, but I saw him. And I remember seeing him and seeing the back, like looking at him, seeing his face, and then seeing Joyce in the back. And I'm like, that is the same fucking kid. <laughs> um, Zach is similar, but doesn't throw as hard. He's just mid to high 90s out of the pen, um, right side as well. Um, but he also got picked up by the Angels. So cool little thing there. And then the third Nailer brother. So as we know, Josh Nailer, um, Garrett Cole's, he looks like Wario. Um, Garrett Cole's worst enemy. He hates Garrett Cole. Um, is on the Guardians. Um, and then his younger brother is also their backup catcher, Bo Naylor. Yeah. And I do not know the third brother's name, but he was drafted by the Athletics. Yes, and it was just a cool little thing. I mean, especially because it just happened this year that Bo got his first yeah. um hit. Um, Miles is his name. Miles wow. Nair- Naylor out of Ontario um, high school senior you know now that you say that Josh Naylor seems Canadian what Ontario Canada he does seem yeah no I didn't hear what you said what he looks (laughs) I said he seems Canadian Uh, okay Um, Um, sorry go ahead yeah so draft draft, just general draft wise um, I think it was a dope draft I don't think there was a problem with it um the one thing I think is funny is um, the Red Sox pick 14 overall. They picked Kyle Teal. Kyle Teal grew up a Yankees fan. Nice. Um, Love when Yankees shit fan, like that happens. Um, 
So yeah, that's just one big one. Um, you know, there's too many too popular names to be able to kind of go over. Um, you know, as we said, Paul Skeen's one one overall. Cruz went two. Max Clark went three. Um, talking to my Tigers friends here, not overly happy with Max Clark. Oh really? Yeah, just because they would prefer somebody who was more MLB ready because the Tigers have been reported saying that they're kind of, you know, want to make a push soon. You know, Riley Green, they have young talent. Um, yeah, Tariq as a pitcher. Uh, so, like, you're like, you have the young talent now. Why do you get somebody who's 18 years old and needs four years? Yeah, that's fair. Um, and he's like, I have the perspective of Tigers fans, which nobody ever did. It was, it was really great. Um. <laughs> But yeah, ton of people who um ton of great names. Noble Meyer, probably one of the best names. That's a good name. Um <laughs> but yeah. We need to talk about All Star Weekend pretty quick. Not I don't have a lot to say about All Star Weekend. Because also, first of all, it's not a fucking weekend. It's a Monday and a Tuesday. Yeah, it's a really weird time. Which is um, dumb. Yeah, so we can start off Yankee wise, sticking Yankee wise, Garrett Cole in the All Star game. He got to start it. That was all he really that that was all he really wanted to do. Yeah, he, he got sending in. Um, almost shit myself. Um, twice. Um, <laughs> because of the hits, the first two hits. Yeah. Also, uh, it was not as impressive as it made it seem. Especially the Adolis's. Adolis's was just because he was in the sun. He had room that was, that thing was not going over. The second one might have. Randy did save him there. But yeah, overall Randy also is very good at making it seem like he did a lot more than he did. Yeah. He is a showman first. <laughs> You're He's true. a professional athlete first. And then he um But overall, I think uh the all-star game itself to start off uh was just pretty basic, similar to what we had last year. Like very similar to what we had last year. I'm gonna be um, honest, I didn't watch any of it. I didn't watch the all-star game. Uh Elias Diaz hit a two run homer. Uh, I know that Luis Arise went two for two on two pitches because he why did. the fuck wouldn't he? He did. I mean, all the pitchers, you know, got their time in. Um, it ended up with the NL winning for the first time in nine years, nine years. Uh, which is wild. Um, there's always a bunch of comparisons of like what happened the last time the NL won, like comparing the rosters and things like that. Um, but yeah, it you know it's the game. Um, it was interesting though because at one point it was bottom of the ninth, one runner on, um, with Julio up, and uh, I wasn't directly watching the game, but somebody's giving me updates, and I go, "If Julio walks this off, I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna just yell that it was set up." Fair, fair. <laughs> if if Julio hits a walk off at Seattle, I would say it's scripted. Um, but yeah, no, the game overall, you know, pitchers pitched, hitters hit. Uh, hold on. didn't hit because it's a 3-2 game i was gonna say uh somebody took a screen so texas on instagram posted our six all-stars and then someone screenshot it and put it on twitter and they were like none of these guys got on base <laughs> uh one thing I, I think was funny was um when shohei got up for the first time the whole place was like chanting like um Whatever, what, what do you remember what it was? It was like come here or something like yeah, uh something sign like here or something like that. Um, but I thought it was also funny is because when the Astros players were called out, they were booed. For those oh, who don't I know, talked about this. Yeah, for, the, go ahead. for those who don't know, the Astro players were Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. 
Neither of them were on the 2017 Astros team. I always forget that Tucker wasn't. I don't know why I think Tucker was. Yeah, Tucker's young. Tucker's like 28, 27. Yeah, um, Jared Carabas was talking about this. He was like, Astros players who were not even major league players when the cheating scandal happened are going to get booed for like ever. Yeah, and that's like that's the one thing that I don't that that kind of bothers me. That like I get the booing a little bit because they are Astros players. It is a division rival who just won the World Series, especially like Jordan. It makes sense because they did kick him out of the playoffs. Jordan himself kicked that's Seattle fair. out of the playoffs. So like I, I was I like, hey, I didn't love it, but like at the same time, I fully understand if they were booing them for other reasons than just. But it definitely that. wasn't. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's just. Also, at the same time, I think a lot of people don't realize that those players weren't on the 2017. I'm pro-booing Altuve, Bregman, Correa, even though he's not even an Astro anymore, George Springer. And I like George Springer as a person. but I'm on the the exact same boat. The people that weren't there, why? Like, they have no reason. It wasn't their choice to be an Astro, and it wasn't. They weren't even on the team. Also, super-booing Justin fucking Verlander. I think he's booing himself right now. So, um, um, but yeah, no, like I just think it's kind of it's kind of stupid. It just it requires um, a, a slight bit of brain as a baseball yeah. fan that I think sometimes people lack. I don't even know if in 2017 Jordan was on the it was in the Astros organization. I don't think so. He might have still been with LA. Good shot. 2017 was like a while ago. Now that like yeah, conceptualize um, it. Um. Yeah, I, I didn't watch much of uh, the Major League Baseball doing All Star Time on a Tuesday is stupid in every sense of the word. Especially if it's a West Coast game, that means it didn't start till like nine o'clock, I believe, for East Coast people on a Tuesday. Guess what I have to do on Wednesdays? Go into my office. I'm not staying up till midnight. It what was so close. About? August first, twenty sixteen, Jordan Alvarez was traded to the Houston Astros. So he was very close to, to not even being on that team when it happened. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Sorry. Just no, you're fine. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, home run derby wise, um, Vlad Guerrero Jr. won, which is funny saying that I'm pretty sure last week I was like, why the fuck is he even in it? Puff yeah. look for me. Yeah. But he hits BP well, probably. He just can't hit at the Rogers Center. Facts. Um, it is he they are the first father-son duo to win. Vlad Guerrero won in 2007, and now Guerrero Jr. wins this year. Yeah. I have literally nothing else to say about the home run derby or really any of All-Star Weekend, if I'm being complete. Um, I only watched the home run derby. Um, I didn't watch the All-Star game, but home run derby wise was actually very cool. Um you had um Adley Rutschman go and hit 21 home runs from the right side and then seven for seven on the left side, which is just a really cool thing, really yeah, impressive fun. thing. Um, and it seemed like he was going to win the round, and then Luis Robert absolutely slapped him, just destroyed him, unnecessary. <laughs> um, Julio Rodriguez had another really good day, uh, really good um, outing. He hit 42 in one round to kick out Pete Alonso in the first round. That's Again, second insane. year in a row. That's fucking insane. 
he then lost the next round. So I was like, I was saying during it, I was like, he's got to stop. He should stop at 30 because save a little bit of gas. somebody's not going to get 30 and then you're going to lose energy. Cause that's what Shohei, um, that was Shohei's problem last year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an endurance game. Yeah. Um, Mookie Betts looked like shit. Mookie Betts. I think his uh, slugging percentage went up uh, or his batting average went up. Um, got a lot more doubles. Um, Mike, well, I I was at dinner with my friend when it was going on, and my friend is a Dodgers fan, and it was during Mookie's turn. He's like, God, Mookie is embarrassing. And I go, okay, 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 but Mookie's swing isn't going to be fucked up next week. Yeah. Because he's swinging exactly the same way. He's getting a lot of doubles. Everyone um, else's swing might be a little fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Vlad almost killed a kid or did kill a kid. We don't know yet. Jesus Christ. It's like 111 off the bat and nailed a kid in the dome. Not good. Um, yeah, no, not good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, there's just like some some linings in there um, that were pretty impressive. But yeah, you had Vladdy win, um, which was you know, cool. I thought what was really funny was, I don't know if you saw the interview, uh, they gave Bo Bichette a mic um, to go and talk to Vlad. And then he was standing there as him. Vlad and Juan Soto and then um, Juan Soto was talking to Vlad in Spanish and then and uh, but at the end Boba Shett, like heard like one word like repeating it was like yeah what he said yeah yeah do that <laughs> actually kind of funny <laughs> that is that's the one thing that I do like like the content that comes out of All-Star Weekend is always fun yeah yeah all around content the interviews things happen during the game um all things like that are pretty cool. Um, another thing with the All-Star game I didn't realize. Um, this was the first All-Star game with multiple caught stealing since 2008. Interesting. Um, also, at the same time, um, uh, ESPN is terrible at uh, knowing people. Um, they made a video of the first caught stealing where um, it wasn't Joe Heim. It was uh, Sean Murphy. Um, threw out a dolist, maybe I don't know. No, it wouldn't be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who he threw out. Uh, oh, it was Randy. He threw out Randy, but it like was a perfect bounce and basically nailed Randy in the face. Nice. But Orlando Arcia caught the ball and kind of like tagged him in the face. And ESPN retweeted it and go, Luis O'Rise, when you can very clearly say it says Arcia on the back of his jersey, and he's just more things of what to hate there um, were there were a few things i think there was will smith was like the first catcher to steal a base in a while um elias diaz won mvp correct yes elias diaz was like a a late addition um i don't think so because i think he was always there or he um, was just super oh he was super excited when he got announced as an all-star yeah just because he had to be announced because they had to pick a, a rocky um and they, it came down to, who to thunk that it would come down to Rockies winning it? Yeah, I don't think anybody was really uh, overly excited about that. Uh, <laughs> everybody was like, um, uh, like you know, this is gonna be the most like unforgettable, not unforgettable, extremely forgettable, uh, All Star Game MVP ever. <laughs> yeah, but because nobody's gonna know who the hell he is. <laughs> Have you got anything else? I have a few things that happen outside of the All-Star game. Of course you do. Um, 
So we start off with um, just two things uh, I have that are uh, non-Yankee related. One thing a little Yankee related. Um, the Detroit Tigers, their combined no-hitter using three pitchers um, against the Toronto Blue Jays. Fuck yeah, it is. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was impressive. What was, what was the game? Three, three, nothing. Scotty's referencing his Detroit Tiger um, resources at the moment. No hitter. Yeah. Yeah. Three, nothing. <laughs> three, nothing. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that happened. Spencer Strider sticking on pitching went six in, in his last outing before the all-star game, went six and a third innings and had 11 K's in those six and a third. Disgusting and criminal. That is 19 outs and 11 K's through 19 outs. Disgusting and criminal. Um, the final thing that I have is related to opening day. Opening day is officially Thursday, March 28th. Thursday. Why the hell they start on Thursday? I don't know why they do that. Um, the opening for the New York Yankees, though, is against the Astros at the Houston Astros. Ugh. Um, our home opener. Our home opener. I will get that up. Actually, I have a I have a little little spark note of oh most uh the like the important dates. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, we open the season on the road, the 28th at Houston. Our longest homestand is nine games in 10 days from August 2nd to the 11th. Our longest road trip is uh, nine in 10 days, um, May 24th to June 2nd. Um, first time we play uh, um, the Red Sox is at Fenway. Um, July 14th through 16th, along with July, or sorry, yeah, June 14th and 16th, July 26th and 28th. Um, we're at Fenway, and then we play them at home July 5th, 7th, and then September 12th to the 15th. Subway Series games are against the Mets. Uh, yeah, okay, of course. This, uh, we'll play four Subway, Subway Series, Series games against the Mets, two games from uh, June 25th and 26th at City Field, two games at home. July 23rd and 24th. We play Toronto on Jackie Robinson Day. You know what's insane? Sorry, don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. As you say that we play the Red Sox on September 12th, why are we not playing a Subway Series on September 11th? I don't know. We should always. We should yeah. always. Um, We play Toronto on Jackie Robinson Day. We play San Fran on Lou Gehrig Day. And we play Boston at home on Roberto Clemente Day. We will play at uh, we'll play at home for Independence Day versus Cincinnati, on the road for Mother's Day at Tampa Bay, on the road for Father's Day at Boston, and for Labor Day in Texas, and then are off on Memorial Day. Um, and then uh, I will actually get up now where we go, uh, or our first home game, who we play, um. We start off. We start off on the fifth, April fifth, against Toronto. So we start home April fifth versus Toronto, um, and then we end our season with a six-game homestand. Three of them being against Baltimore, and the last three being against Pittsburgh. Interesting. 
interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um. Wait, do we play? I just realized. Do we play the fourth? Yeah, we play on the fourth. But none of the other major holidays. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We play at home the fourth. Yes, we're home. All the okay. other major holidays were away. We're away. Yeah, and then yeah, Memorial Day we're off. Um, just just good to know. Looking forward, not to yeah. Start... Still got a long way. Still got a whole half season to go. But exactly. Sorry, we were both yawning at the same time. Just um, things to look into. Yeah, just think. Just just days to know. But yeah. that's all I've got. That all you That's got? all that I have too. Listen, hopefully next week we can um come back with some amazing notes on Sean Casey flipping this offense around as we return to play. Scotty, who do we play coming off of the All Star break? We play Colorado. Heck yeah, we do. So I don't know if that's really going to be a good base of if our offense is turned around or not. You know, it's a confidence booster. I think so. Yeah, but. That is all that we've got. If you want any other updates about the Yankees throughout the week, you can follow us on Instagram at pinstripe.podcast and make sure that you subscribe, follow, and connect with wherever you listen to this show. For Scotty, I am Lexi, and this has been the Pinstripe Podcast. Bye!